You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. It's officially official. BYU and Notre Dame will square off in Sin City. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also talk about the latest when it comes to BYU's preparations for the road game at Utah State this weekend. We'll also check in on BYU basketball. Their first day of official practices televised on BYU TV last night. We'll share a little bit about what we learned from that. And, of course, catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, including a check-in on former Cougars and the pros. How did things go in week three of the NFL season for guys in the NFL? We'll talk about all of that ahead on today's show. And without further ado, let's dive on in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 29th, 2021. What's up, my friends? Hope you all are doing great out there. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. My name is Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, and of course, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And once again, thank you for making the time to join us right here on your only daily podcast focused on the Cougars. Getting going here on a Wednesday, and let's start off with the big news. And I kind of consider it big news, but also at the same time, we've been waiting for this to become officially official, but it is official now. BYU and Notre Dame will square off at Allegiant Stadium on October 8th, 2022 down in Las Vegas. This will be part of Notre Dame's Shamrock Shamrock Series. Shamrock Series, I can't pronounce. Shamrock Series of games. They have played 10 of them, I think, at this point, and the Fighting Irish are 10-0 in those games. Their most recent iteration of that was the game this past weekend against the University of Wisconsin at Soldier Field in Chicago. The Fighting Irish uh, got away with a big win thanks to some late pick sixes in that one. This is a big game, folks, and I know there are a number of you out there, and I saw it on social media saying, BYU should have stuck to their guns. They should have really held out until Notre Dame would come to Provo and finish the contract they agreed to. I get that. I get the sentiment there, but there was no chance, and I mean there was no chance, that Notre Dame under the current situation they find themselves in with their agreement with the ACC to schedule, I think it's six games a year, or maybe five, maybe seven, I don't know. They have a scheduling agreement with the ACC, and that locks up over half of their games if if it's seven and half if it's six, and there's no way they're coming to Provo. So, you know what the next best option is? Is go play them in Las Vegas. You and I both know that BYU fans will flock to that game, as will Notre Dame fans. Notre Dame fans maybe are the best traveling fan base in all of college football. The 65,000 seats there at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, they will be coming at a premium. So if you have a chance to get tickets, get them early and you will want to sit on them because they are going to be a hot ticket, especially considering the fervor that these two fan bases, speaking of the Cougars and the Fighting Irish, have. But looking forward to this matchup. I think it is a game that is a good compromise if you're BYU. If you're not going to get them in Provo, and I, like I said, I know a number of you out there who think that Tom Homo is kowtowing to what Jack Swarbrick and the Fighting Irish are wanting to do, and maybe in a way he is. 
But if you wanted to get this deal done and get it on the books, get it done now. October 8th, down there in Las Vegas, I think this is a fantastic, fantastic setup for the Cougars, and I look forward to this matchup. I was not able to make the trip to Arizona to watch BYU and Arizona play this year, and I regret it. I'll be frank. I regret not going down, but had some other work-related issues that kept me from going down there. I have an anticipation of going to this game, though. And obviously, me as a media member, I'll have access via a press pass, most likely a little different than uh, most of you out there as fans. But I think this is a really, really cool game. The one thing I am concerned about, and this is just my, my hope, desire, my prayer, whatever you want to call it, is that Notre Dame, with regards to this Shamrock series, they don't come out with some just absolutely hideous uniform combo that they will wear against BYU. I want to see them in that blue and gold, and if we can get it, I'd be all for that, that Kelly, the, not the Kelly green, the forest green color. I know they only pull it on a very special occasions. It's only come out a few times in the illustrious history of Notre Dame football. I just don't want to see like the Yankee-inspired pinstripes they wore at Yankee Stadium, what, three or four years ago? Don't give me that. I just That won't do it for me. I want to see BYU in the royal blue. I want to see Notre Dame in the blue and gold, and that's what I want to see in this contest. I look forward to it. I think BYU obviously will be looking to make it a closer series all time than it has been against Notre Dame of late, but that's... Easier said than done at this point. We don't know what the rosters are going to look like or anything like that. But I just look forward to this. I think it's a fantastic game. It will be televised nationally on NBC. Obviously, Notre Dame uh, with their connection with NBC. I'm actually kind of surprised the BYU did not get the broadcast rights. But if you can get it on national TV, like Channel 5 who are locally in the state of Utah, yeah, I would tell Notre Dame, hey, can you get NBC to do this? Great, let's do it. So, I look forward to it. Notre Dame holds a 6-2 advantage in the series all time. This will be the ninth matchup between the Cougars and the Fighting Irish. The first neutral site matchup in their history. And BYU's most recent win against Notre Dame was in 2004 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I was in the stands that night sitting behind a Notre Dame uh, group that were a ton of fun. I can tell you that much. Uh, Obviously breaking the honor code the entire game, but... Other than that, great times. Had a great chat with them, and they're fun fans. Notre Dame fans, I think, are some of the best fans out there, by and large. I've been out to Notre Dame when BYU should have beaten uh, Notre Dame on that pass from Riley Nelson to Cody Hoffman that landed, I think, 30 yards in the middle of nowhere. That still sticks with me, but Notre Dame... Fun series, fun game. Very much looking forward to the opportunity to go watch the Cougars and the Fighting Irish renew acquaintances as they square off in Sin City in Las Vegas. It'll be the first game in Notre Dame history, by the way, played in the state of Nevada. And I look forward to that. And I think a number of you, if not all of you out there, look forward to it as well. Uh, Now, one other note real quick is BYU now has all 12 of their games scheduled for the 2022 season. It will be the final season ahead of joining the Big 12 for the Cougars. And the home games for BYU will be Arkansas, Baylor, Utah State, East Carolina, Wyoming, and Dixie State. All of those games at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The neutral site game against Notre Dame, in addition to true road games at Oregon, Stanford, Boise State, South Florida, and Liberty. I think it's another stellar schedule and uh, one to kind of say goodbye to independence for BYU and obviously get yourselves ready for Big 12 play. And I, for one, am 
very much looking forward to it. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll talk a little BYU basketball. They had their first practice of the season. It was televised on BYU TV. What did we learn? Let's well, let's talk about. It. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Many of you out there are football fans, and that's where Bet Online comes into this conversation. Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They've got a brand new updated website and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag wants to be the number one source for you for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a one hundred percent welcome bonus. You're there right. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Do not forget to use the promo code NFL100 to take advantage of that welcome bonus. From football to basketball to baseball to boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers from our friends at Bet Online, as they are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Once again, promo code NFL100 to take advantage of that welcome bonus. 100% welcome bonus with the promo code NFL 100. It's all courtesy of Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts. Today's podcast is brought to you by one of our OG partners here on the podcast. It's All Guard Pest Control. They are your residential and commercial pest control experts based in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. Seth Barrett is the owner. He's become a dear friend of mine, and he has a great team of guys and gals who would love nothing more than to help you guys out with whatever you need in terms of your pest control needs, whether it's spiders, mice, vermin. I don't care what it is. They've got it covered for you guys and they'll make sure it goes away and never comes back because they've done that exact thing at my house. A lot of people this time of year are starting to look at the fall where it gets a little cooler. Well, a lot of things are going to try and move inside your house. Spiders, mice, all that stuff. All Guard Pest Control, even your businesses, they can take care of all of it. So feel free to reach out anytime you need their services. Their phone number is 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Or you can go on their website, allguardpestcontrols.com. That's All Guard Pest Controls with an S. Check it out, guys. I trust them. I hope you will trust them as well. And make sure you tell them the Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you when you stop by. That's All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812, or go to allguardpestcontrols.com. It may not feel like it, folks, but college basketball is back. Yes, it's the end of September, and BYU men's basketball was back on the court in the Richards Building, of all places, uh, during their televised first practice of the upcoming season. I still don't get why they weren't inside the Marriott Center Annex. I know that it was said on the broadcast from BYU TV that it was unavailable, but isn't it supposed to always be available? Isn't that the reason why they built the Annex is, you know, so you could have practices all the time not to deal with the Marriott Center being used for other events. I don't know. I digress. But nonetheless, good to see the team out there on the hardwoods. Mark Pope and his effervescent uh, personality having a good time out there. Guys like Alex Barcelo speaking to the media. I guess media in the sense that they were talking to BYU TV. Jerem Jordan was part of that crew. And I thought Jerem did a pretty good job covering things and obviously doing some uh, play-by-play of the festivities going on. But the good news is I think BYU, it's just good to see them back on the court. Who knows what this team is ultimately going to look like, what their ultimate fate is going to be. I know the expectation for this team is 
rather high, and it should be. Let's be clear about that. The expectations for this squad should be sky high because this is a very, very talented team on paper. Led by an all-West Coast Conference performer, Alex Barcelo. You bring in Seneca Knight, who's a former all-conference player for San Jose State by way of LSU. Tijon Lucas, very, very good in Milwaukee. uh, Formerly played for Illinois before that. The talent is there to really be, I think, the second best team in the West Coast Conference, very clearly. Of course, everybody's going to pick Gonzaga. They're a consensus top five preseason team, it feels like, especially with the number one player in the country, Chet Holmgren, going to Spokane. But I think this is going to be a fun season for BYU basketball. Obviously, they're continuing to ramp up as they get ready to join the Big 12. Really cool article from Jeff Call with regards to how BYU scheduling will change once they enter the Big 12. But for the time being, BYU cannot just rest on their laurels. Excuse me. They have to go out there and earn every bit of an opportunity to make the NCAA tournament. I think there is very much a bitter taste in this team's mouth considering they got knocked out by UCLA early last year. I think that's what brought guys like uh, uh, Alex Barcelo back to this program because he wants to experience success in the NCAA tournament. I think this program, speaking of BYU, has given him a lot and I think he feels some ownership to give back to the program, give back to BYU fans and have them have a fun run in the NCAA tournament, and the talent is there. I think it's very evident that this squad should have an opportunity to do that. We'll see how far they ultimately can go, because you know how seasons go. They always have their own narrative to them. But this class, uh, this team, excuse me, has, I think, a lot of talent on it, but also a nice diversity of that talent up and down the ranks. So let's break this down here and vanquish the foe, our friends over there. Robbie McCombs, chief among them, did a great job with this, breaking down the class designation. So the, the seniors on this year's team, Alex Barcel, T. John Lucas, Gavin Baxter, Richard Harward, Gideon George. All five of those guys are absolutely going to be motivated to make their final season in a BYU uniform, one to remember. Uh, juniors, Seneca Knight, Spencer Johnson, and Trevin Nell, all guys who are expected to contribute to this team, if not be rotation slash starter potential, especially in the case of Knight. Your sophomores, Caleb Lohner and Hunter Erickson. Lohner, I would book the he'll start at one position on the court. Hunter Erickson, you're hoping to see more from him this year as he tries to really grow into a role on the guard line. He may still be a year away from really being a key contributor, but he's got some talent. And in the freshman class, there's a lot of untapped potential in this group. Atiki, Ali Atiki, Fusini Traore, Nate Hansen, Trey Stewart, and then the walk-ons, Jeremy Dowdle, Piaura Winitana, and Casey Brown are the walk-ons that are freshmen on this team. The guy I'm most looking forward to in this freshman class, I guess there's two of them, Fuseni Troyore. He showed some really nice things in that practice last night if you're watching it on BYU TV. And then Trey Stewart. I think both of them, especially in the case of Trey Stewart, they're going to need some time to develop but the talent is very evident with them. I think Atiki Ali Atiki is very much a project. He's got talent, you can see it, but his skill set, super raw, and he will need time to really hone his craft before I think he's really going to be a key contributor for this BYU basketball squad, but I really, really like what is on paper for this team right now, and the hope is that they can go out and live their dreams. You have guys like Seneca Knight coming to BYU. He's looking at this as a business trip, and he was going to probably be at BYU longer than a guy like T. John Lucas, who really is only going to be here for two semesters, 
but they know what BYU is all about. I don't think they're under any illusions of coming to BYU of anything other than winning games, making NCAA tournament, and hopefully raising the professional prospects, whether that's in the NBA or overseas. The good news is the opportunity is there. We have seen the West Coast Conference really take an uptick in terms of its overall appeal, overall profile, and obviously that's due to Gonzaga being the top-ranked team for the majority of last season before falling. But I just feel like there is a huge opportunity for this BYU basketball program and the opportunity for a guy like Mark Pope to continue to raise his own profile. I still think there is concern that Mark Pope may end up one day leaving BYU, but I don't think it's saying that he's going to leave this year because we all know with the Big 12 deal, essentially you just gave Mark Pope his next job. He's going from the mid-major level to the power six, whatever you want to term it. He's going to the high major level in college football. He has no reason to bail now on the BYU football program. And I would think that it's going to take something absolutely special. We're talking one of the blue bloods, chief among them, probably the University of Kentucky if Coach Calipari decides to hang it up anytime in the near future. That would be the real threat, I think, for BYU to lose Mark Pope. Outside of somebody coming with just an absolutely ridiculous offer, let's say five, six, seven million dollars a year, Mark Pope is probably going to be in Provo for a lot longer than many of us anticipated before BYU was officially invited to the Big 12. That is the good news. Mark Pope is an elite coach. He has done great things in his time in Provo so far, and the hope is it's only up from here. It's only going up. Obviously, the next step is to win in the NCAA tournament. That has got to be the goal this year. You need to advance in the big dance. You cannot go there, make it, and then flame out in the first round or in the play-in game, whatever it might be. And by the way, making the play-in game with this roster, I think would be a disappointment. This is a team that needs to make a run to the round of 32, if not the Sweet 16, to really, I think, achieve the expectations going into the season. Obviously, there are outside factors that play into all of that, injuries chief among them, but I look forward to this team, and the small glimpses we saw from the team last night in practice, I think there is some potential there, and I really, really like this squad on paper. Good size, I think, by and large, a lot of versatile players as well. The good news is there will not be a lineup BYU cannot match up with, in my personal opinion. It'll be hard-pressed for an opponent to put something on the court that Mark Pope and his squad can't counter with. They've done a great job of developing positional versatility, building that versatility through their recruiting, and folks... I'm high on this BYU basketball squad. So we'll talk more about this as the season gets closer and closer. I believe we are six weeks away from things officially getting going in the Marriott Center against Cleveland State. It's going to be here before you know it, so get ready. We'll have some fun along the way as we talk BYU basketball in addition to BYU football and everything else going on with the Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll catch you guys up on everything else you need to know here at midweek, including a check-in on former Cougars in the pros, the women's golf program. They are trying to make it three straight tournament wins in three tournaments to open their season. We'll update you on how they're doing, so a whole lot more to touch on here in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Absolutely love this company. And folks, I don't know if you saw it, and it still might be available. They say it was for one day only, but you know how things go. 
Cherry Lime is the new flavor on Built.com. Yes, Cherry Lime. I am a massive fan of the Cherry Barcia flavor at BYU, and I cannot wait to try this Cherry Lime. Tastes anything like a Cherry Limeade in a protein bar form? I'm actually thinking that could be pretty dang good. The best part about supporting Built Bars is supporting BYU football in the process. You all know that BYU's football players have name, image, and likeness agreements with the Built Brands of Company, in particular Built Bar. Uh, it's a really, really cool thing. So if you want to support Built Bar, you're supporting BYU football because you're helping out uh, get that money into BYU football players' pockets, in particular the walk-ons who are having their tuition paid for by this NIL deal with Built. So get over to Built.com right now, place your order, pick your favorites, or get like a sample box where it has two of every flavor in it. You can find out what you like and then make another order. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Support BYU football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. All right, before we go here on this Wednesday edition of the show, let's catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan at midweek. And best of luck to the women's golf program, Carrie Summerhays-Roberts. She is the head coach and obviously just was inducted into the BYU Hall of Fame. Well-deserved honor, but she is off to a fantastic start with her team early on this season. They have won their first two tournaments of the year. They are in action currently at Red Sky Golf Club at the Fazio Course in Walcott, Colorado. It's the Golf Week Red Sky Classic, and BYU is battling, folks. They are three under as of the last update I saw on GolfStat.com. At, uh, that is three strokes behind Denver and four strokes behind East Tennessee State. Uh, the Cougars, there was... Was uh, some disruption due to some weather, I believe, out there in Colorado on Tuesday. Final round supposed to be played today. Hopefully, they'll be able to get things done. They'll obviously be in action. I think by the time most of you are listening to this podcast, we'll have an update on how things round out for the Cougars. But off to a two and zero start, I guess you'd call it, or two tournament wins to open their season. A top five finish is nothing to sniff at if it's that's the case for BYU. But hopefully, they can finish strong, wake up those four strokes, and maybe overtake East Tennessee and Denver for their third straight win in as many tournaments to start this year. Now, a final note before we go today is to catch you guys up on how everything's going with former Cougars in the pros. We do this each week here on the podcast throughout the NFL season, making sure you guys know how these former Cougars all around the NFL are doing. Let's start off with the Panthers, Carolina, Brady Christensen, offensive tackle, still very much in the backup role, but he did play four snaps, all of them on special teams in a 24-9 victory over the Houston Texans. Up next, uh, the Buffalo Bills beat the Washington football team 43-21. Dax Mill only saw four snaps, all of them on offense in that game, but no stats. Hoping to see Dax, I think, later in the season get his opportunity to really move up in the pecking order. The good news is he's still on the active roster, folks, so let's not overlook that part of it. It's good to see him getting his opportunities with the 53-man roster and obviously making some nice cash along the way on that front. The Cleveland Browns beat the Chicago Bears 26-6. They absolutely pummeled the Bears, but Sione Takitaki was not active for the game. He is dealing with a hamstring injury. Hurry back, Sione. want to see you back out there on the field because you and your teammates, uh, speaking of Cleveland, teed off on Justin Fields. Nine sacks in that game. Absolutely nuts. Uh, Chicago on the other side of it. Kyrus Tonga started a nose tackle once again for the Bears. Had five tackles, three of them solo. 30 snaps. 29 on defense and one on special teams. His most action by far so far this season. It's a really cool story to see Kyrus being a starting nose tackle in the NFL. 
He's exceeded my expectations. I'll be frank. I didn't expect him to be starting as a rookie. Honestly, I, didn't, I expected he'd probably be a backup, maybe a practice squad guy. So the fact that he is now a member of the rotation and starting for the Chicago Bears, really good news despite their 0-3 start to the season. And Matt Nagy, their head coach, may be uh, finding himself without a job soon. Let's just be straight up about that. On to the Baltimore Ravens with Tyson Williams. They beat the Detroit Lions 19-17. to uh, It was a battle of two former BYU running backs. Tyson on the winning side thanks to a 66-yard field goal from Justin Tucker. If you guys didn't watch that, I'd go watch it. It bounces off the crossbar and through. NFL record, obviously, for length. Really, really cool. But Tyson had uh, the start for the Baltimore Ravens. Five carries, 22 yards, played 29 snaps, all of them on offense. On the losing side, Jamal Williams started Started a running back for the Lions. 12 carries, 42 yards. Had a one-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter to make it 16-14. to Also added two receptions and 25 yards. Played 31 snaps overall. Jamal's getting a chance to really do some fun things there in Detroit. They may not be very good this year, but Jamal's getting his opportunity. And he's actually on my fantasy team and a very capable backup if you're looking for somebody for your fantasy squad. Now the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs squared off, obviously with BYU alums on both sides. We'll start off with the Chargers. Michael Di- Michael Davis, excuse me, starting at cornerback. Totaled three tackles, two of them solo. Had two fumble recoveries, which are really, really cool to see. 34 return yards. They came on back-to-back Chiefs possessions and led to two touchdowns. And obviously, uh, Los Angeles goes on to win that game. He played all 79 snaps on defense for the Chargers in that. On the losing side, obviously, Andy Reid. Best wishes to him as he was rushed to the hospital after the game, reportedly with dehydration. Hope all is well with Coach Reed. He is a BYU legend, an NFL legend, and don't want to see anything happen to that man. Also, Daniel Sorensen, Dirty Dan, started at safety for the Chiefs in that loss. Team high tying seven tackles, five of them solo. One pass breakup and played 64 snaps overall in that game. The New Orleans Saints smashed the New England Patriots 28-13. Taysom Hill got his first touchdown of the season. Totaled six carries, 32 yards. That four-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter made it a two-score game. Played 38 snaps overall, 33 of them on offense, five on special teams as his do-everything role continues. Good to see Taysom still getting his opportunities despite the fact he's not the starting quarterback. But on the opposite side of that, New England had two BYU linebackers, Harvey Longy and Kyle Van Noy. Van Noy, funny enough, if you guys saw it, Taysom running up the middle, Van Noy tackled him. Uh, Van Noy finished with three tackles in the game, two of them solo, played 44 snaps. Harvey Longy, one solo tackle, 18 snaps, all of them on special teams for the Saints, not the Saints, the Patriots in that loss. Now, the New York Jets, things are not great. Let's be frank. <laughs> Zach Wilson, still struggling, started a quarterback, finished 19 of 35 for 160 yards. Two interceptions, one carry, two yards, sacked five times, played 54 snaps, all of them on offense. So not a great day for Zach, but I don't know what we expected, honestly. I'm not sure what we expected for him uh, coming to the New York Jets. It's a franchise that is in just like full rebuild mode, and it's going to take multiple years, I feel like, for them to become competitive. My sincere hope, and this is my sincere hope, I know it's still very early on, I hope they stick with Zach. Don't bench him. And the good news is I don't think there's anybody on that roster that's in danger of taking his job unless they were to go out and sign a veteran that they think can be the guy. But I wouldn't do that. I'd just let let Zach play through this. He may set some records for really bad play at points as a rookie, but 
you got to learn, plain and simple. You got to give him that opportunity, and I hope that he continues to get his chance. Now, final few things: the Green Bay Packers came from behind to beat the 49ers, 30 to 28, hurting my 49ers pride because they took the lead with 37 seconds to go. And what does Aaron Rodgers do? Well, he does what he typically does: gets his team in position to win, and they do win it. But Fred Warner started at linebacker, had eight tackles, five of them solo, played 63 snaps in that loss. Kind of miffed me that the 49ers couldn't, you know, get a stop, but you know, you move on. All right, and then also on practice squad duty, uh, guys like uh, Zane Anderson continue to play on, on practice squads around the league, and best of luck to them as they look to make a move up the roster at some point here in the relatively near future, but a lot of that stuff with practice squads, you're usually a late season call-up, and with the COVID rules, we all saw that Zane got called up the first week. That obviously could hit at any point, and we'll see what happens. All right, so there you go. That is former Cougars and the Pros update for week three of the NFL season. Best of luck to all those former Cougars as they continue to plod their way through the NFL season and we'll have more updates for you guys on future episodes of this podcast. Alright, that is going to do it. Big thank you once again for making this your first listen every day. Now I want to encourage you guys once we wrap up here to go over and listen to the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Really, really cool stuff that Josh Neighbors is doing and I may be on tomorrow's podcast. Just a little bit of a teaser for you guys. Joining the crew over there at Locked On Big 12 should be a fun conversation. But in the meantime, make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to follow us there, at Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, comments, concerns, advertising inquiries, you can send an email to lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 29th, 2021, and we will talk.